Corinthians, 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. And uh, hey, Brother Leppert, I got room up here for you in the choir. I just. <laughs> oh, my. Praise the Lord. Thanks for being patient with us as far as the seating's been concerned. Thank you for all coming today. What a blessed Sunday to uh, celebrate as far as the resurrection of our Savior. 1 Corinthians in chapter number 15. I'm going to begin at verse number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to have you stand one last time. We'll do that in reverence to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians in chapter 15. We're going to start with verse number 12. The Bible says this, Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection? Of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. Verse 17, and if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet all in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. Verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your people. I thank you for each and every person that's come out today. Father, I I imagine in a crowd this size that, Lord, very possibly there are some that have never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Oh, they may be religious, and Lord, they, they may be a decent person as far as human standards are concerned, but today they could be lost and without a Savior. I pray that today, Lord, that you'd touch their heart and open their eyes to the understanding of the simple fact that you sent your Son so that we could have eternal life. Father, I pray for those in this room that are yours, that have made a profession of faith, and Lord, they have truly trusted Jesus as their personal Savior, that today, well, today, Father, you'd, you'd burden our hearts, and you'll open our eyes to the need that lies before us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would have freedom and, Lord, liberty to work in each and every heart. I pray that each and every person would do their very best to pay attention to the words, Lord, that, that you have for them today. And God, I pray that you'd lay on their heart whatsoever you desire. I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Brother Leffert, get out of that seat. <laughs> oh, my. I'd like to ask prayer for Brother Leppert. He's brought upon he and his family a curse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sean, always remember the man with the microphone laughs last, laughs, laughs last. So, all right. This morning we'll spend most of the morning in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15, a powerful chapter. As you look at this, you could see that by the time two or three decades had passed after Jesus Christ had died and was buried and rose again, 
that there were already some that were religious that were teaching that there was no such thing as the resurrection of the dead. In fact, there were some that even doubted the bodily resurrection of Jesus at that time. And we see that going on today. We see uh, many different types of religion, many types of humanism teaching that there is no resurrection, that this life is all you get. Eat, drink, and be merry for when this thing's over, it's over. And that's a popular teaching that's going on. And even some religions have picked that up in the sense that when we die, it's done. And, and so you need to understand here, this was, this was something that had already begun to happen by the time Jesus, 30 years after Jesus was gone. All right, So this is no new teaching. It's just a teaching that has come down throughout the years. But I want you to understand a few things this morning. And that's that the resurrection of the Christ is the power of the gospel. In Philippians, in chapter 3, the Apostle Paul writes, he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. In Romans, in chapter 1, we, we talk about the power of the gospel. And I want you to know that the power of the gospel is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Without this aspect, as verse 19 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, it's empty. We are of all men, the Bible says, most miserable if the resurrection did not take place. How sad to live our whole lives according to a lie. And yet today I have a hope that is steadfast and sure. I have not followed as first or second Peter chapter 1 says cunningly devised fables. But I have grabbed a hold of the greatest truth this world and the world to come can offer. And that's the fact that he's alive. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I want you to take your Bibles with me here and go back a few verses. And we're, by way of introduction, I want to introduce and help you to see what Paul is talking about. In verse number 1 of this chapter, he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, follow what's taking place here. Paul is exhorting the church at Corinth, the Corinthian Christians, to remember what he's preached unto them. And what has he preached unto them? He's preached unto them the gospel. The gospel of Jesus, very simply, is the sacrificial death. It's the burial and it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But I want you to see what he focuses on here. Boy, the Lord has touched my heart the last couple of weeks. Today we, we celebrate what we know in America as Easter. We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And yet I say unto you that, that in many cases, this is the only time we celebrate that. That ought not to be. I was doing a bunch of studying and doing some reading for today and last week. And as I, I was doing this, I found out that the early church, and boy, I, I rejoice. I went through the book of Acts this week and studied up on this. But the early church did not focus on the death of Christ. The early church focused on the resurrection. And today, we, and I please don't misunderstand, I'm not trying to draw fault or error to anyone, but we focus on the cross. And the cross is a wonderful thing. And without the sacrificial death of Jesus Christ, there would be no salvation. But my friend, I'm going to tell you, there are many men and women who have died through the centuries for a great cause. There are many that have given their lives today. We live in what I consider to be the greatest nation on earth. We live in the United States of America. And we know because our freedom wasn't free. 
We know about sacrifice. Our history books are, fr- are full of men and women who gave their lives so that today I can walk and talk and breathe in freedom and liberty. But the death of Christ, while it was incredible and it was powerful in its own sense, and I'm not trying to take anything away from the sacrificial death of Christ. Not a thing. But our focus must be on the resurrection. It must be. That's why in our church we have an empty cross. He's no longer suffering. And I grow weary of that. I grow weary of these crucifixes that that have Jesus on the cross. He's not there. He's not. Yes, he suffered. Yes, he took upon, upon himself untold pain. He took upon him untold suffering. He, he, he went through hell for me. But I want you to understand, he's not there anymore. And the early church focused on the resurrection. We'll pick up 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 5. Now you've seen the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Look at what Paul focuses on here in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, and that he was seen of Cephas, speaking of the resurrection, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me, that's Paul, also as one born out of due time. You see, in this challenge To the Corinthian church, Paul is focusing on the resurrection. As I went through the book of Acts, the first sermon that was preached at Pentecost focused on the resurrection. Yes, it it, it talked about the death of Jesus, but over half of that message dwelled upon the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And today, we as Christians need to focus on the resurrection because that's the power of the gospel. Without the resurrection, we have nothing. The Bible says without the resurrection, we are of all men most miserable. That's what the Bible says. And so without the resurrection, there's, there's teachers today. The, the Jesus Seminar, maybe you've read about this, and it's a bunch of heretics who get together. They call themselves scholars, and they, they try to explain away the gospel of Jesus Christ. They try to explain away the miracles of Jesus Christ. They try to explain away the resurrection of Jesus Christ and still say that Christianity is worth living. No, sir. Without the resurrection, Christianity is a hoax. Without the resurrection, Christianity has no power. But with the resurrection, my friend, we have it all. This morning, I want to give you three very simple points, and I'm going to pull them out of 1 Corinthians 15 here, based on the fact that he lives. Based on the fact that he lives. Number one, because he lives, I believe I will live again. Because he lives, I believe, I will live again. In verse number 2, the Apostle Paul writes, By which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. If you go down to verses 12 through 19, you'll see very simply that Paul reasons out. He says, the reason that we will live again is because Jesus Christ lives again. See, folks, that's why it's so important to believe that Jesus died. There are some that say, well, well, Jesus went into a sort of a soul sleep. He, he went into a coma, and, in the, and for three days he just laid in a coma in the tomb. No, Jesus died. 
Jesus died. He gave his life. And the Bible is so abundantly clear. Every one of the Gospels tell us that he got rid of his spirit. He dismissed his spirit and died. He died. But folks, the reason I believe I will live again is he lives. He lives. And I need you to grab hold of that this morning because some of you in this room, you're, 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 you're wondering. Well, you say, well, well, well I, 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 I think Christianity is good to live by because it, it's got some good morals and some good principles. Christianity is so much more than that. See, because he lives, I will live again. Christianity isn't just a nice set of principles to live by today. It's not just to, to be good to others. It's just not to treat my neighbor decent. It's not just to be a good husband or a good father. Christianity means that one day I'll live forever. And I believe that because he lives, I will live again. Friend, do you understand that? See, some of you today, you, 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 you question in your mind. You say, well, well I, 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 like, I like church and I like religion. But folks, Christ isn't religion. I get, I get tired of, well, well, you know, religion, you know, religion, forget religion. Okay, seriously, just forget religion. Get Christ. You get a good dose of Jesus, your life will be transformed. You get a good dose of religion, you're going to have problems. I'm going to tell you that right now. Religion has caused more wars, more squabbles than this world has ever known. Now, I'm not saying that Jesus hadn't caused his fair share, okay? Jesus has divided families. Jesus has, has done a lot of things as far as that's concerned. But Jesus transforms a life. Because he lives, I believe I'll live again. And that's what 1 Corinthians 15 told us. Paul said, Jesus has risen. Jesus is alive. You look at verse number 20 here in 1 Corinthians 15. It says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. How do I know that? Because Christ rose. Christ came out of the grave. The tomb was empty. This morning on the radio broadcast, I talked about Peter as Peter in, in the book of John. He, he runs to the tomb and he walks in and, and he looks in the tomb and he, he sees the grave clothes. He sees the linen that it's folded and, and he walks out and he, he, he's just in shock. He's blown away. He's speechless. There's no one there. The tomb was empty. Christ had risen. Because he lives, I believe I'll live again. Secondly, because he lives, my faith is not in vain. In verse number 14 of this chapter, it says, If Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. In verse 17, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Today I'm so thankful my faith is not based on fairy tales, but in the resurrection. See, the proof of the empty tomb is a fact. There are those who do not believe in God. They do not believe in the body, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. To them, all I need to do is just point them to a hole in the side of a cliff. And in that hole, there was a man that laid there for three days. But on the third day, Bible teaches us that he had power to lay his life down and he had power to take it back up. And that's exactly what he did. There's a story that is told in the mid-1920s. It takes place 
in Russia. And there was a man, a very powerful man, and I can't pronounce his name. My life depended on it. But he went to a Communist Party meeting, and there were many there. And for an hour, he proclaimed his communist manifesto, so to speak, his, his communist mentality, all the, the philosophy and the principles, and he, and he proclaimed that, and he, and he pushed it down their throats, and at the end of it, at, believing that their faith was in ashes, he looked out to the crowd and he said, can anyone refute what I have said? And for a few moments, there wasn't a sound it almost seemed as if it was an eternity, but slowly an older man about halfway back got up and he, and he, he slowly hobbled his way to the front of that, 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 that meeting hall and he turned and he faced the crowd and he said, Christ is risen. And as was the custom of those people, they replied back, indeed, he is risen. You see, folks, I, I don't have anything against happy Easter. Sounds good, but let's, let's celebrate Christ rising from the dead. Let's celebrate the fact that we have a resurrection. See, my faith isn't in vain today. I don't have to worry about looking and saying, boy, Lord, I, I hope you see today we, we talk about faith being invisible and, and faith seeing things that aren't there, and that's all true. But i got to tell you something. God left something very tangible. When Jesus rose from the dead, he left an empty tomb. And he said, that is where I was laid for three days that is where I spent some time but boys hello <laughs> how you doing our faith is not in vain in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 6 the angel said he is risen in Mark chapter 16 and verse 6 the angel said he is risen in Luke chapter 24 and verse number 6 the Bible says the angel said to them he is risen in Acts chapter 1 and verse 28 Judas had betrayed Christ he'd gone out and committed suicide and there were 11 apostles left the apostles got together and said we need a 12th man we need a 12th man to fill out our, our group and they, the Bible says that they voted amongst themselves, but the one thing that they made necessary is that this man, whoever he would be, would be a witness of his resurrection. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 22 tells us that. A witness of his resurrection. You see, folks, today my faith is not in vain because he rose. And your faith today, you can rest. See, I, I grow weary. People say, well, well I, just, I just don't know if, if I can trust Christ. He rose from the dead. Who else would you want to trust? You know, we, we, the last presidential election, we voted on hope and change. How many of you knew that the change meant 73 cents in your pocket? You know, we, we trust in politicians and we, we trust in military leaders. We trust in all sorts of things. We trust in our jobs. We trust in our well-being. We trust in our ability to manipulate the situation to our benefit and our control. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There's no greater place you could trust than Jesus Christ. Why? He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. Christ is risen. My faith is not vain. Oh, there's been people that have been lied to for centuries. We, we, have, we have bought falsehoods. And, and folks, there's no new thing under the sun. Just so you know, there's no new lie. Right? I, society, politicians, uh, leaders, military, they've, they've always been able to manipulate through, through promises and, and through, through visions of grandeur. But I'll tell you this, the message of Jesus Christ has never changed. And you can trust that. You can believe in that. He'll never tell you what you want to hear. He'll tell you what you need to have. 
And please today understand that because he lives, my faith is not in vain. You struggle with doubts and you say, boy, I don't know what's going to happen after death. Why don't you trust the one who does? You say, I, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Why don't you trust the one who does? And you say, Pastor, but, but I can't see him, but you can see an empty tomb. Thirdly, this morning, I said, number one, because he lives, I believe I will live again. I said, number two, because he lives, my faith is not in vain. Number three, because he lives, I will follow him. In verse number 10, Paul writes, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so ye believed. Let me take you back before the resurrection. Let me take you back before the crucifixion. Let me take you to the three years where Jesus walked and talked with 12 men. One of them was a devil. He betrayed Jesus Christ. But the other 11 were squabblers. They denied him. They forsook him and fled. The Bible says that about him. Every single one of them was a flawed, weak man. They were common men. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts that they, they were considered unlearned and ignorant men by those who were educated in the world. Before the death of Christ, these men couldn't get along with each other. They fought about who would be the greatest disciple or the greatest in his kingdom. And Jesus had to rebuke them. Some of them, Peter got to the point where he literally told Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, to shut his mouth because he was wrong. These men struggled with life. But after the resurrection, those 11 men with Paul as the 12th caused the world to be turned upside down. What was the difference between this squabbling, jealous, envious group of men and between men of power? I'll tell you what it was. It was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, when, when Jesus was taken to be crucified, they all, they all denied him. They all ran away and they hid and they said, we don't, we, we, we don't know what to do. We, we, we thought he would be king and, and we don't know where to go. We don't know how to act. What's going on? They were terrified. Terrified. And then he rose from the dead. And Peter walked out and preached at Pentecost and thousands were saved. These men, and just so you understand, these men did not preach to a favorable crowd. These men preached to a hardcore crowd. These men preached to those that hated them. These men preached even though they knew as soon as the message was done, they would be arrested and they would be imprisoned and in some cases tortured and killed. And yet they walked willingly into it and said, you can't scare me with death. Why? Because he lives. Because he lives. 
I could tell you stories of the apostles, what history tells and how they died and the revivals they brought and the souls that were saved and the lives that were changed and the towns that were absolutely transformed by these men. I could sit here and tell you stories for the next half hour. But what I want you to grasp hold of is that because he lives, they followed. They followed even unto death. This morning, my friend, do we follow? Do we follow? You see, when the Sanhedrin looked out and saw Peter and James and John and the rest of the disciples, the Bible says they marveled that they were unlearned and ignorant men, but they marveled not at that, they marveled at their boldness. Why? Because they'd seen a resurrected Lord. Today we sang the hymn, He Lives. You ask me how I know He lives? He lives within my heart. Friend, today, if you are a born-again Christian, can I ask you this? Do you follow? Do you follow? Death should hold no fear for you. What the world has to throw at you shouldn't scare you. These men were literally threatened. You go to the scriptures. They were beaten and released and said, don't ever preach in the name of Jesus again. And you know what they did? They got out and the first person they saw, they said, i got to tell you about somebody. I mean, they weren't even hardly out of the building yet. And they said, i got to just tell you. i got to tell you about Jesus Christ. i got to tell you about a risen Lord. i got to tell you about a Savior who died and, and for my sin. And he was buried. But you know what he did? He conquered it when he rose again. This just wasn't a man who loved me. This wasn't just a man who cared about me. This was a man who had the power to do something about it. Do you understand the difference? Because he lives, I follow. 2,000 years later, the gospel is still being preached. Christianity still works. The Bible is still relevant. And lives are being transformed. All because of what an empty tomb signifies. Jesus is alive. And my friend today, could I beg you to grasp hold of that truth. That truth is fundamental to everything we hold dear. If Christ is not risen, then we are of all men most miserable. If Christ is not risen, my preaching is vain. If Christ is not risen, your faith is vain. If Christ is not raised, we have no hope, but praise God, Christ is alive. Christ is risen. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians in chapter 15 and verse number 20, He is the firstfruits of all them that will rise again. Today, why do I know I'm going to live again in heaven? Because I've accepted Jesus Christ and He's alive. That's why. Why do I know my faith is in vain, the things that I do in the name of Jesus Christ? Why do I know that those are real? Because He's alive. Why do I follow why do I walk a walk that is pure for him? Because he lives. Because he lives. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet.
Folks, today, I just, please let me challenge you. If you're in this room and you've never trusted Christ, during the invitation, if you'd come forward and just get my attention, I will have someone who knows the Bible well show you how you can be born again. You're not trusting in a, a dead Savior. You're not trusting in a religion. I need you to trust in Christ if you're going to have eternal life. There's nothing I can offer you as a Baptist pastor. There's no other religious man who can save Jesus Christ. That's it. He's all. Christian, if you're in this room and you've never laid it all on the line, I'm not talking about salvation right now. I'm talking about saying, I'll follow. I'll follow. Oh, I've, I've struggled with some things in my life. I've made some mistakes, made some poor judgments. But today, in my heart of hearts, I'm going to decide to follow. Not because not of who you are, but because he lives. Oh, friend, let me encourage Christian, let me encourage beg you to do that. In a moment, the instruments will begin to play. If the Lord's laid something on your heart, you come to this altar. Well, praise the Lord. Folks, Christ is risen, as he said. Amen? What a, blessed, what a blessed promise, what a blessed proof of everything we believe. Without the resurrection, gentlemen, go home and get rid of your ties and your dress shoes. Amen? <laughs> Tempted to do that anyway. But if he's risen, and he is, then serve him and follow him do whatever he's asked. Friend, if you're here and you're without Christ today, please don't, please don't leave without a risen Savior. Not a dead Savior, risen. Let's be dismissed with a word of prayer.